Uh, we are in Ephesians 5. I'm going to read this to you shortly. But just as we've been um, whispering, I felt God say to me, this is, it would be very easy to read this passage of, and think this is the do's and don'ts. If you want to be a good Christian, if you want to work a Christian, don't do this, don't do that. But I feel this is a message of freedom. I think we've had a lot of that this morning about freedom, about being set free. And God wants to set people free this morning. I really do feel that he wants to set people free. And this is a message of freedom more than anything else. So I'm just going to read from Ephesians 5, these first uh, 20 verses in Ephesians 5. If you've got your Bibles with you, turn to Ephesians 5. So follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk or coarse joking which are out of place but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as a child of light, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always give thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. I was speaking to Jeff about this. and This is so rich Ephesians. I feel like you could do a series out of this passage. But I'm going to try and do it this morning. This passage in Ephesians 5. Now it talks of, of walking. Jeff talked last week about walking like a Christian, not like an Egyptian, walk like a Christian. Then we start off here in the passage with walk in the way of love. What on earth does that mean, to walk in the way of love? Why are we saying to walk in? Well, well walking is an outward expression of an inward condition. The way we walk belies what we feel, what we're doing inside, how things are going. And I was thinking about walking. And I was thinking, I, I've done a lot of walking in, in my life. I was sure most of you have. Um, I've got a couple of friends that love going to the lakes, uh, and they love walking. And they go walking. And I go because I like being with them. And I end up walking too. I'm not a massive fan of walking. But then it reminded me of my time in the Navy. Whenever I did leadership training, the only way they could stress us on land was to not give us any sleep and make us walk and walk and walk all day and all night. And they would give us a kit list. They would give us a list of the things to take and the things not to take if you're going to go on this walk. So you are going to be walking. There's no two ways about it. But here's a list that says take this and don't take that. So don't take the things that will hinder you, but take the things that will help you to walk. We went once and um, a few of us find a shortcut. If one thing I'll tell you about Matt Lowe's is if they can find a quick way of doing something or a shortcut, they will find it. And we didn't take all of our kit. And when we turned up at camp, 
well, I won't repeat what was said, but it did not go well, that we had not taken the kit and said, this kit will save your life, and you didn't take it. And this, this list of things we're going to read this morning, some of these things are for us. Some of it is to don't take this stuff. Don't even entertain it because you don't need it. And if you take it, it's going to slow you down. It could even damage you because it'd be too heavy for you to carry. But there's some things here that you need to take with you. Some things you need to do on this walk if this walk is to be successful. So the first thing we're looking at is, is walking in the way of God. But even before that, at the end of um, chapter 4, it talks about us forgiving one another. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive one another just as in Christ God forgave you. So it's imploring us to do something that God did for us, to do what God does, to forgive one another. And then we're called to follow God's example. The first thing we read is follow God's example. Imitate God. Be like God. That sounds tough, doesn't it? Because it is. To be like God. God is perfect. So follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. We've had this morning, haven't we, about how loved we are. God loves us. He's our Father. This on Father's Day. He is our Father. And he wants us, as dearly loved children, to grow in the ways of the Father. If you think of a, of a small child, they grow in the ways of the Father. They follow the way their father and mother or their significant adult. They, they follow those ways. We talk about family culture. Well, that's just the way that family does things. That's the way that family does things. We all have our own identity. But here we're called to imitate God as our Father. God is our Father. Grow in the ways of the Father. Grow like Him. And we're called to walk in the way of love. Walk in the way of love. Now that is God's main attribute. God is love. In 1 John 4, 16, it says God is love. So if we're to imitate God, we are to be love. We are to enact love. So how could we, how could we do that? Well, I, I think I've heard this a few times, and, and David's done it recently, putting Jesus into the words in 1 Corinthians 13. You've probably heard this, many of you, at a wedding. But this is 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4, talking about love. Now, I'm going to put my name in here, but you could just as easily put your name in here. And just think about how you're doing as I read these words out. So 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. Paul is patient. <laughs> Paul is kind. Paul does not envy. Paul does not boast. Paul is not proud. Paul does not dishonor others. Paul is not self-seeking. Paul is not easily angered. He keeps no record of wrongs. Paul doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. Paul always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Paul never fails. Well, I don't know how you did with that list, but I'm, put, I'm stuck on the first one. That's a tough order. That is a tall order. God is love, and he calls us to imitate him. If you're ever wondering how you're doing in this walk of love, in walking like a Christian, you could do that exercise and slip your name in there and just see how you're doing. But it's not about guilt. It's just how am I doing? It's a heart check. How am I doing? How am I imitating God? Am I imitating God? Now, we can't do these things on our own. It is hard. We've heard this morning, Nathan saying, surrender to God. I don't want, to do it. I don't want you to do it in your strength because you can't. I want you to do it in my strength. I will give you what you need. So how do we do this? We do it by following Jesus through the power of his spirit. We imitate God by following Jesus and his example through the power of his spirit. And we're going to come on to that later on. So these things that we're going to read here, there are five of them. Five parameters, if you like. Five, not rules, I don't want to call them rules. Five ways of walking. And we've got walk in love, walk in purity, walk in light, walk in wisdom, and walk in spirit. That's what we see in this passage. So walk in purity. Now these, these speak of internal issues. Anything that we do that's wrong, anything that we do overtly in the open that, that isn't right, it's because there's something else going on inside. 
So it's very easy to point the finger at someone and, and the way they're behaving, but the truth is there's something inside that is causing that behavior. Now it says here there's to be no sexual immorality. We know that's any sexual activity outside of Christian marriage. We know that Jesus said, it's not enough that you don't do these things. If you think about them, it's the same as if you did them. This is a tall order. There's to be no impurity, no greed. Don't covet anything. It's in the commandments. No obscenity, no, no swearing, no foolish talk. It, when it talks foolish talk here, it means don't dismiss the things of God. Foolish talk, being silly about the Bible, being silly about God. Coarse or crude joking. I don't have to explain what that is. These are things, but... But we do these things, these things come to us because they're, it's an internal condition. And what they are, they're an, they're an abuse of, of good gifts. God gave us sex. Probably wouldn't have heard that word in church 30 years ago, but he gave us that. That is, it gives us vulnerability, it gives us intimacy, and it, and it displays and shows that vulnerability and intensity and intimacy in the Trinity. But what the world has done is, is turned it into something else. They've taken this perfect gift this wonderful gift from God that shouldn't be shied away from, that shouldn't be nervous about, but the world has turned it into something else, and that is why, that is why we struggle with it. Idolatry. Live this way, and there is no inheritance in the kingdom of God. All these things, if they become more important to you, anything becomes more important to you than God, it's idolatry. I had to confess a couple of years back to my wife that my children have become an idol. That idolized my children. They came before anything. And I had to put that right. Anything in our life can become an idol. We need to put God first. So when we're talking about walking in, in purity, it's putting God before any of these things. Don't think about, oh, what I can't do, or what I mustn't do, I mustn't think like that. Put God first in all things. And these things, we will, we will be able to walk in purity. It goes on to say, let no one deceive you. Let no one deceive you. So the way the world sells things, they sell it using sex. They sell it using promiscuity they sell it using the things that you really wish you know that human desire says I wish I could look like that I wish I could be like that I wish I could do these things the world says these things are okay but they're not they're not okay then okay don't let the world convince you that these things are okay these things that are impure I came across this um came across this quote from Rick Warren just this week it says a lie doesn't become truth wrong doesn't become right and evil doesn't become good just because it's accepted by a majority. Don't let opinion change the truth. The truth is the truth. Opinion can't change truth because the truth is the truth. Jesus said, I am the way. We're walking in this way. That's what I talked about this morning. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. What God says is true is true. And opinion cannot change it. Do not let people deceive you into thinking that the things of this world are always okay. I want to think about it this way, because starting off this message, it could seem like this is a bit heavy. This is a bit, oh, here we go. Don't talk about sex, impurity. I want to talk to you again about this toddler and about a father or a mother. Okay, think about a toddler growing up in a house. If you've not got a toddler, you've been to a, someone's house that has got a toddler, and you've all done it. You've all gone, oh, can I get a knife and fork? Yeah, they're in that drawer. And you go to open the drawer, and your shoulder comes out of its socket, because it's got one of those blasted clips on the inside. That when you pull it, it opens half an inch, which is no good to anybody. But it happens. And you find them in other cupboards. That be, perhaps it'll be the... The cupboard with the sharp knives in, the ones with the bleach in, the ones with the glassware in. We'll, we'll have a stair gate, won't we, on the stairs when we've got a toddler. Because why? Because we're protecting them. We're protecting them. And what we're saying is, don't go in. Don't go in the knife cupboard because you're going to hurt yourself. Don't go in the bleach cupboard because you might die. Don't go in the glassware cupboard because you're going to smash the dishes. You'll cut yourself. Don't go up the stairs because if you fall from halfway up, it's not going to end well. But what about the rest of the house? 
Yeah, just run around in the kitchen, run around in the front room, run around the dining room, under the dining room table, build yourself a den. There's so much you can explore. There's so much you can do. I want you to flourish. I want you to grow. But don't go in the knife drawer. Don't go in the bleach drawer. And don't go up the stairs. Because it will not end well if you do those things. And that is what this, this passage is about. It's about, this, oh, people say that Christianity is about don't do this, don't do that. Our faith is one of a can-do. Our God is a can-do God. He's a God that wants you to live life to the full. He's the one that wants you to experience life to the best. And he's got so many gifts for us. But there are some things. All the way back to the Garden of Eden, there are some things that he does not want us to have because we don't know how to deal with them and they will ruin us. So, walk in love, walk in purity, walk in light. We're called to walk in light. This is about identity. Jess has been saying recently, rightly, in Ephesians, know who you are and know whose you are. You are a child of God. Know who you are. And walk in the light. We are no, we were singing it this morning. We were once in darkness. We are now in light. We were dead. And now we are alive. We were once steeped in sin. And now we are free. Know who you are. Live as children of light. That's who you are. It talks about the fruit of light. Goodness, righteousness, and truth. More characteristics of God. Because God is light. And in him, no sin will be found. And we're called to imitate God. Let's try to eradicate this sin. We can't do it on our own. But we'll, we'll, we'll come to that. But fruit of light. Be in the light talks about the darkness being fruitless. There is nothing good that comes from darkness. So have nothing to do with darkness or anything that is in the dark. It causes us to expose darkness. How do we do that? A couple of weeks ago in the evening, I talked about confession. Confessing our sins to one another and to God. If there's something that's on your heart, there's something troubling you, bring it to someone. Bring it to a trusted friend. Tell them. Pray with me. Bring it to God. Confess it. Bring it into the light. It cannot stand. Sin cannot stand in the light. It will be destroyed. Exposed darkness. It talks about shining the light. Bring Jesus into the situation. Jesus is the light of the world. Bring Jesus into the situation, darkness must flee. Bring him into any situation that you're struggling with. It's an attitude, whether it's a person. Bring him in. We read this couple of lines which they think is Paul is referring to a poem. Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Don't live like you used to. Live like you're supposed to. You were once like this. You were once in darkness. Now you are in light and Christ will shine on you. Don't keep secrets. No secrets. Don't keep secrets from one another. Don't keep secrets from God. We had that this morning. God knows everything. He goes before you. He goes after you. He watches you when you sleep. He knows everything about you. Don't keep any secrets. This isn't about guilt and about shame. Oh, I've got a secret. God wants to know your secrets. He wants to know everything. He does know everything about you. But tell him. Don't keep secrets. Don't keep things in the dark because it will ruin us. You are not dead anymore. You are alive. Live like it. We need to live like we are alive. You know, this, uh, I was thinking as I was preparing this sermon, um, you know, Only Fools and Horses. Anybody watch Only Fools and Horses? If you don't, you're not my friend. Love it. Only Fools and Horses. Remember that time Rodney, we've watched him grow up from a teenager, a spotty teenager, and he's gone all the way up to this man now who got a job doing computing, something or other, and he marries Cassandra. And Rodney comes back to the flat one, one night and he comes in and he sees Del Boy stood there and, and Uncle Albert stood there and he walks in, he drops his briefcase, takes his cycling clips off, takes his coat off and Del Boy and, and Uncle Albert are like rocking on their heels just like enjoy thinking, he just doesn't get it. Then Rodney says, what? Del Boy says, Rodney, you don't live here anymore. You've got another life. You're married to Cassandra. You don't live here anymore. This isn't your home. This is not where you live. You live with Cassandra. You've got another life. I want to say to you this one, you don't live there anymore. Before you knew Christ, you, didn't li- you don't live there anymore. You live somewhere else. You live in the light. You live with Christ in your heart and his spirit dwelling within you. And we are called to live like that. You don't live there 
anymore. Walk in the light. Walk in wisdom. Walk in wisdom. Not as unwise, but wise. That sounds very obvious, doesn't it? Not unwise, but wise. But there's a theme running here in this walk in wisdom. This isn't talking about knowledge. It's not talking about understanding. There's a, and I've forgotten his name, forgive me. I think he's called Bazalel. A guy that God gave wisdom to. He said, I've given him wisdom that he can create things. He's an artisan. He will work with precious metals. He will work with setting precious stones and building things. God gave him wisdom to explore and use his gifts that God had given him. So walk in wisdom. Use what God has given you. Make the most of every opportunity, it says, because the days are evil. They are wasteful. Be mindful of what you do. Be mindful of what you do and how you use your gifts, how you use your time. Do not be foolish, but understand God's will. Know what God wants for you. He wants you to be free. Let's go back to the cupboards for a moment. He wants you to be free. There's so much more for you to explore. So many cupboards you could climb into if you want to. So many rooms you could explore, but just don't do these things if you want to be like me and you want to walk in freedom. You know, the young adults on Friday, we had a wonderful evening with them. Reuben, who's now an actor, brought a fantastic word, and the guys were absolutely amazing. But the, he was talking about time. He was talking about the amount of hours we have in a week, and he was talking to the young people who have a lot more time than most of us, I'm sure. But talking to them about what they do with their time. Be wise with your time. Think about God and what God would have you do, and what you do for God in these days. Then it goes on to say, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Does anybody ever use that word, other than when they're trying to justify a glass of wine? Debauchery, what does it mean? Debauchery is unlimited bad behavior, or in the Greek, it's a word that translates as wastefulness. It's wastefulness. So don't get drunk on wine because it will lead to wastefulness. It will lead to bad decisions. I used to drink a lot when I was in the dark. When I was in that life, I used to drink a lot. When I look back, all my stupid decisions, by one, all my stupid decisions were because of drink. Every single one. Some of them, very serious, bad decisions because of me getting drunk. The drunk necessarily wasn't the issue. It was the bad decisions afterwards. God is saying, don't make bad decisions. Don't be wasteful with this life that I've given you. You are a new creation. You are now living in the light. Imitate me. Be like me because you, are, you will have a life that you've never imagined. So walk in wisdom. Let's be wise with how we live our life. So this is particularly tough. All these things I've talked about are hard. And probably a lot of us are sat here thinking, I wish I could. If only I could give this up. If only I could stop that. If only I could do things differently. If only I could think differently. Jeff spoke last week, about, again, about the mind, about how we think. And that's got a lot to do with all of this. It's how we think and what we put our mind on. Someone, I heard someone say just this week, again, that we all have thoughts. We all have lots of thoughts. We have lots of thoughts. But you can choose the ones that you hold on to. We all have lots of thoughts. But you can choose the ones that you hold on to. So you have a thought that's not great, ditch it. Don't cling on to it. Lord, I'm sorry, I didn't want that. He absolutely broken me the last three days. It's been the most uncomfortable three days of my life. Because preparing for this message, he pointed out so much to me. Some of the things that I think, some of the things I think about people, some of the things I see and I judge people. I have lots of thoughts, but I can choose what I hold on to. If you have the thought, that's not a problem. Don't hold on to it. Don't hold on to it. So we are given this last, this gift, walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. We're told to, to do this, don't do that. Do this, don't do that. It's hard. But these are instructions that a loving father gives us. Don't go in the knife drawer. You'll hurt yourself. Don't do these things. Don't be impure. Walk in the light. Be wise. Walk in love. And if you're struggling with that, it says, 
well, I'm going to call it walk in the Spirit. He says, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. And when you're filled with the Spirit, <laughs> everything changes. If we read here, it says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, wastefulness, stupid decisions. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. It's a bit like this morning, really. Be filled with the Spirit. Now, I'm not talking about baptism in the Spirit here. If that happened to you this morning, I am delighted. But this is talking about being filled with the Spirit. The Spirit that comes to us when we give our life to Christ. In 2 Peter 1.3, it says, By His divine power, God has given us everything we need to live a godly life. His Spirit has come to reside within us. It's a bit like... <laughs> Uh, Tim Mackey, I was listening to this week on this subject, and this is going to pay me to say this, and you'll know why, but he talks about his wife, and he said, when my wife goes out of town, I'm left to my own devices, I realize what a bad man I am. I start to stay up late, I start to get up late, and as he's talking, I'm thinking, yeah. and he's talking more and more, I'm thinking, that's me, that is me. When my wife leaves town, things change. I don't tidy up, I don't make the bed, I don't clear things up. When she comes back, I'm like, right, I need to and I clear everything up, and I make sure the bed's made, and I make sure the house is tidy. But I think things. I watch rubbish on the telly. You know, she's a good influence on me. I realize that she completes me. That's what marriage is all about. She completes me, and she helps me be a better person. Without her, I am worse. And it's just like the same with the Holy Spirit. You invite the Holy Spirit in to live with you. You listen to the Holy Spirit. You allow him to coach you and say, don't do that. Have you tried doing this? Or to encourage you. And listen, it helps us do what we need to do. It helps us to be better people. It helps us to imitate God. Which is what we are called to do. We need to be filled with the Spirit. And I'm going to try this demonstration. It's worked at home. And I don't know if it's going to work here. But, but bear with me. You know, I like a good demonstration. And hopefully you'll take this away. Take this away with you. So I've seen this is nothing new. You will have seen Jeff do this with Coke. It's a wonderful demonstration it really made things come clear to me uh, when he did it and I've seen another guy do it like this so don't look at me and think wow poor came out the great I've totally copied this I've totally robbed this from other people well, let's give this a go I'm gonna get these jugs too I know we're at uh, I know time is against us so I'm gonna do the, the best I can to speed this up so we're talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit now when it says be filled with the Holy Spirit, that means there can be times, surely, when you're not full. Otherwise, you wouldn't say it. It says, be filled. So there must be times when we're not completely full. There are times in our life when we don't walk like this, then the level of the Spirit within us can get low. You may have heard at Alpha, Nicky Gimbel talk about the pilot light and the burning inferno, the Holy Spirit within us. Sometimes it can come down to a pilot light. It will never go out. When you see this water, you'll never be empty. But we can lose the level. We can stop listening. We cannot really get it. And so we're told here, be filled. Be filled with the Spirit. And it will change everything. It will help you. I've given you everything you need. And in the NLT version, it says, I've given you everything you need through coming to know me. Through coming to know me. So when we come to know Jesus, his Spirit comes within us. But we do need to top that up. We do need to keep topping it up because we leak. We leak out. When we think things that are impure, when we have that fourth glass of wine and make a stupid decision, when we choose not to walk in the light, when we keep a secret, when we tell a lie, we leak and we separate ourselves a little bit from God and a little bit dribbles out. So there are things in our lives, we, sometimes we lie, for honest, sometimes we just don't want to tell the truth and we justify it. So that's something that goes in. And then perhaps we do have an impure thought. We think something that we shouldn't really be thinking. And, and rather than we have the thought and that's okay, 
but then we choose to hold it. We don't do anything with it. Somebody upsets us. We take offense. We don't take it to God. We don't deal with it. Something else that goes in. And more and more, you, you know, in our eyes, me, I talked about it the other week, didn't I? My, my road rage, or my road cynicism. I wouldn't say rage. Road cynicism, because I'm the best driver around. So I, I regularly, on the school run, I'm losing the plot with people. Why on earth would you do that? Why, why would you dare play it in front of me? Have you got somewhere to be? I, I get cross. And these things start to fill up. It could be anything. It could be a bad habit. It could be a bad attitude. It could be something you know you've got to release. You know you've got to deal with, but you don't want to tell anyone. And you certainly don't want to tell God. That's how you're feeling. But God says, be filled with the Spirit. Sing songs and psalms to one another. Pray together. Be together. Meet together. Be filled with the Spirit. Now, we try and do it ourselves, but brilliantly, this vase won't allow me to, to get these out now. Because like Nathan said, in our own strength, we can't really achieve a great deal. God says, you need me. <laughs> you need me, and you need my spirit. Be filled with the spirit. Now, if you're like me, you're bad, and you've got a lot of these things in your life. That one got away. Now, the only way that we can get these things out is by being filled in the spirit. So, this is not read your Bible more, pray more, but it kind of is. Daily, spend time with God as you know me, so you will be given what it is you need to live a godly life. So you're filled with the Spirit. You do read the Bible more. You sing songs more. You put worship songs on YouTube instead of the rubbish that I watch. And the more you're filled with the Spirit, the more these things come to the surface. And they come out. I knew I'd need another one. But interestingly, just at this point, if there's someone in your life, we want to walk like God. We want to imitate God. We want to show people who God is, don't we? Then perhaps there's someone in your family, someone in your group of friends that you would dearly love them to come to know God. Now, this isn't a guilt thing, but just think about this. You guys up in the balcony there, can you even see that there's water in there? Really, you can't, can you? But can you see the pink balls on the top? Can you see all the things that are wrong? You see, this here is lukewarm. This here is, I'm in, but I'm out. I'm in, but I'm out. You get to that stage where you think things are going well in life. Things are going great. I'm coming to church. I'm going to a community group. Things are going well. Getting filled with the Spirit. And you get tempted again to do things in your own strength. Because things are going okay. So I don't need to read my Bible so much. don't need to pray so much. don't need to talk to God so much. And that's where we find ourselves. But he says, be filled. Be being filled. Keep being filled. Continually be filled with the Spirit. Now, I can't believe I've pushed them down. They thwarted me. But at home they came out. So all these this is how we get these out. Okay, this is by being filled with the Spirit. But you know the best thing about all of this is when you're filled with the Spirit, is that next time a lie comes along, the next time a thought comes along, it can only stay on the surface. Because you are filled with the Spirit. When, when, you, when you're not filled with the Spirit, there is room for these things to come in. We can take hold of these thoughts. But when we're filled with the Spirit, they're immediately rejected. And that's what I've found these last three days, is I've been preparing for this and find myself with bad thought patterns, saying to God, fill me. Fill me with your spirit. Instantly, instantly it goes. I'm not, it's not magic. It is God. And it is the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want to give you, I'm going to ask the worship band to come up. I want to give you guys an opportunity again to do what it says here. Which is to be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to the God, the Father, for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. If we want to live a godly life, we need to know God more. 
We've sung it. We need more of him. We need more of his spirit. He's given us these guidelines. He's given us these things that we need to adhere to. These things that we need to take on the journey. These things that we don't need to take on the journey. He's given us instructions. But at the end of it all, if you're struggling with these things, be filled with the spirit. Because it will change everything. So we're gonna, I'm going to pray quickly. And then we're going we're gonna to sing this song together. And I'm going to ask you to, to make a move. You know, Friday night we had kids kneeling down at the front here and all sorts. We can't do that. There's, there's too many of us this morning and, and lovely covid but what I'm going to ask you to do is to make a decision, to, uh, an outward decision. So we talked about walking at the beginning, that, that walking is an outward expression of an inward condition. So when we stand to sing in a minute, I'm going to ask you, you know, no one's looking, everyone's doing their own thing. Even if it's just a shuffle to the right, say, God, I'm in. I want more of your spirit. Perhaps you want to put your hands out in front of you and say, I need more of your spirit. I want more of your spirit, God. Perhaps it's time you say to him, Lord, you know that person I've got a problem with. I need you to fill me with your spirit. I need to go and deal with this. I need to go and sort this out. Perhaps it's that habit that you know you've got and no one else knows you've got and it's time to deal with it. Just in your own time as we're worshiping, singing praise and thanks to God. God, fill me. Fill me with your spirit because that's, that's the answer. We can try and we're supposed to. Graces are not opposed to effort. God does everything, but it does no harm to try. But we need God. We need God. Get close to him. Ask him to fill him with our spirit. Let's pray. Let's stand. Let's stand together. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your instructions. I thank you that you are a loving father, that you give us good gifts and you have promised that you've given us everything we need to live a godly life, that your spirit dwells within us. Lord, I thank you for the morning we've had. I thank you for your presence. I thank you that you are speaking to us. And I pray that in these moments, you will continue to speak to us. Lord, I pray that everybody here this morning would be filled, would be refilled with your Holy Spirit. Would you pour out your spirit upon us this morning? Lord, would you help us to flush out those things that don't belong here, those things that belong in the dark and not in the light? Lord, would you fill us with your spirit that we will remember that we are not children of the dark, we are children of the light, that we are children of God, that we are your children, and you've given us everything we need. Lord, I pray for those of us that are struggling this morning, those of us that are tired, those of us that are hurting, those of us that are hanging on to things because it's comfortable, that's just who we are, it's what we do. Lord, I pray that you would show them they have a new identity in Christ. They are not dead, but they are alive. They don't live there anymore. They live in the light of your presence and they have you living within them. So I pray, Lord, that you would fill us with your spirit. And I pray as we, as we make a move this morning, as we open our hands, as we shuffle, as we make a move and, and say to you, God, fill me. Fill me with your spirit that I may know you better. Fill me with your spirit that I may walk a godly life, that I may show others just how great you are. And Lord, show us what you have for us. Show us the rest of the house. We know where the drawers are. We know where those bad cupboards are. Show us, Lord, where the rest of the house is. Show us what you've got for us. Show us what is coming. Show us what it is you want to do with our lives. That we don't make stupid decisions anymore. But we listen to you and we follow you and we are filled with your spirit. Fill us, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.